What up, what up, what up? This is your boy Kojak, and we are back with another special guest. His name is Corey Thomas, and uh, first things first, uh, I appreciate you taking some time out um, to talk to me. Um, this is one of the episodes that I, I feel are very, very important, especially to the Peoria community, um, especially to uh, my generation who um, might not necessarily be in touch with the local government and paying attention to that as well. So, uh, can you um, tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, first, uh, uh, thank you for having me, Corey. Uh, this thank is you. A, it's an honor for me. I appreciate uh, giving me the opportunity to, to talk to your audience. Uh, our community don't uh, do a lot when it comes to local elections. We have a, a, a mentality of, of our voices and our votes don't count. And the turnout to our polls in the primary was 10% citywide. And I would imagine about 1%, 2% at best was from African-Americans, especially not knowing that we have enough registered voters in District 1 from African-Americans to win it. That's 11.5, so 11,500 people are registered to vote and uh, only 7,400 people decided to vote uh, in this primary, and that's 7,400. Uh, it's almost half of what we, we have to control the city and make our voices known so that, number one, is the number one pri- priority is to make sure we encourage everybody that's listening. You have enough listeners that can can make their voices known uh, and, and make changes in our in our city. So a little bit about me, uh, I'm a, a PK, a pastor's son. I got uh, four brothers and one sister, three brothers and one sister. Uh, my dad has a, been a pastor for 35 years here in Peoria at New Morning Star. Uh, my mom is Cornelia Burnside. She lived right up right up the street from us. Uh, so her last name is Burnside, so that, that's evident that I'm, I come from a broken home. Uh, my parents were divorced when I was three or four years old. Uh, my stepmother is uh, Beverly Johnson Thomas, and my stepfather is uh, uh, Jimmy Burnside, which is also a pastor in Peoria. Uh, son is Terry Burnside, and I want to give a shout out to him about the PCAB issue they're having right now at this moment down at the Gateway, which is happening way too often. Uh, so he's doing another visual tonight, uh, Peoria Citizens Against Violence. So it's, it's really on my heart to really put that out there because this thing is really uh, sweeping our city right now uh, that he has to put so much effort in his daily job and then after uh, all that he has to deal with issues that uh, plagues our, our city when it comes to violence for young men. Uh, this guy was 23, I believe you're 21. So I mean, this is not a good thing that's going on in our city. So anything else about me, I'm a private citizen just like anybody else, um, but I'm concerned with politics. I'm concerned with our uh, community, African-American, black people in Peoria. I love this city. Grew up here, born and raised on Butler Street in Western. Uh, seeing a lot of differences that our that side of town presents to that community from where I did, where, when I grew up, we had Walgreens, we had a Lincoln Pharmacy, we had Aldi's, we had Lowell's, um, Payless down there on the street, Burger King, things like that. Now 
look what we're faced with down there right now. And it's not, it's a, it's a decline in my, in my mentality uh, from the standards that we should hold ourselves to. Butternut factory being closed. It's been closed for 10 years, five, 10 years now. Uh, so I'm all about being the, the voice behind the reason of why uh, the issues that we face in the, in the African-American community in, in Peoria uh, being the worst place for African-Americans to, to live, and that's a network. So we don't value ourselves. I don't think anybody else in this city, when it comes to governance, governance is going to care about us either. So that network is saying they, they undervalue our dollars, and we should uh, hold ourselves accountable to it because we don't value our dollars. Uh, we don't seek the opportunities that Peoria presents. Uh, and when we do seek them, we end up trying to leave our community or we support other businesses that aren't owned from African Americans. So I just want to bring awareness to that. And that's the type of person I am. Okay. And um, so when you were growing up, um, how, how uh, tight knit was the black community as far as supporting one another? Uh, it, it was awesome. I mean, it was, it was uh, times where on Sundays we had a, a place downtown called Bishop's. It was a soul, it was a, I wouldn't say it was soul food, but it was a, one of the main uh, buffets in Peoria. Every church would leave uh, and meet down at Bishop's and it would be long lines uh, down there and we would wait for uh, some of the, the generation before mine, I'm 39, so the 60s and 60-year-olds 60 and 70-year-old uh, men and families back then were working for Caterpillar and they were really stable, making a really good wage. Uh, they kept up their houses. They still lived down on those streets that I know when I grew up. I'm meeting them now. Uh, they, they maintained their household. They started buying houses and they still have uh, put value in the community. But uh, it's totally different from now. Uh, sometimes it's hard to get somebody to, to pick up trash outside the yard because somebody else threw it there or they get tired of doing it. Uh, so we, are, I guess our awareness uh, from depicting from that generation from to our generation uh, is a, a significant difference because it's home ownership. We, this generation rent rents or Section 8 things. And then staying uh, places to subdivide, subdivide housing. Uh, so it's a big difference when it comes down to, I can just go on and on. Uh, crime, education, our standards, what we want, business owning. The things I saw on the South End changed because uh, the, we don't take value, we don't support ourselves uh, in the black community. We're the only community I think on earth that doesn't have wealth generating, and back then it was. Okay, and um, I, I definitely agree because um, I have friends uh, who are Jewish, and um, those that community is very tight knit. They all generate everything uh, back into the, their community, as well as the um, Arabic community as well. Yep, yep. As far as um, like I have friends in high school that own several gas stations uh, in our community. Mm. You know, uh, like I, I never thought about it growing up. Like we don't necessarily support each other yep. until like besides like barbershops. Exactly. 
that's pretty much the only thing <laughs> that we do support. It's okay to keep our hair tight. And that's yeah. fine. You know what I mean? But it's, it's so much more opportunity when it comes to owning or managing, like the Shell gas station or Mike MacArthur, uh, to to manage that gas station or the lights that you see throughout our community. Uh, it, it's, it's exploiting our our wealth. So it's not that we don't have the wealth, we don't have the, the net worth, it's that we don't show net worth to one another. That's the problem. We, we give it away. Yeah. So uh, recently, uh, Donald Trump had become president, and uh, this was my first time to vote. You know, uh, I didn't vote for him, of course, but um, as far as like around my age, um, this was really a lot of my first time. So everyone was really focused on that election. And then once he won, everybody just, you know, kind of felt defeated, but um, didn't understand that. I, I, me personally, I feel the local government um, at this point uh, matters even more. And um, with Donald Trump winning, that shows that um, the local government is something that if we pay attention to, we really can see that that's what can change um, mm-hmm. our cities and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like uh, we have an opportunity to put an umbrella over our city for our local po- policies and ordinances. Uh, a lot of the things that go through our city that where we can't have a, a club that's downtown uh, because the way we dress back in uh, a few years back uh, was an issue on how we change our dress code and we got moved from uh, from a prominent part of downtown, which is what's needed today, to the outskirts, more or less, into our part of the community. And we see more violence, less uh, control when it comes to uh, officers and cop patrolling, blah, blah, blah. This is where the crime is, uh, crimes are committed. But it's so important for our local elections because we got people in, in, in City Hall now that would take Black Lives Matter, the, the, the content of it, and twist it to the, the more national view as if we're being selfish by saying Black Lives Matter when we're saying Black Lives Matter against discrimination and injustice. Uh, it's turned around that some people are making some of these uh, policies and voting on these policies in our city personally that takes that out of context and makes these decisions these decisions based on their mentality and therefore we don't see a lot of growth or development uh, and, and representation in our predominantly minority communities uh, so three or three out of five districts aren't getting that much that much attention because we don't vote in local elections for the right people for the right reasons uh, we're not involved in our city politics. I want to bring that back. I want to make sure uh, I hope, hopefully I ignite some of that mentality. Uh, it, it's, it's a reason I will point at our leaders in the black community uh, for not for this getting to this point. And I'm also a part of that reason. I've been in a private uh, lifestyle that that's really involved with politics in a private life at my home, comforts of my own home. But when it got to number one, uh, I guess I finally decide, decided, like no other uh, African-American or minority in Peoria to say, well, I'm going to run for office. Uh, 
I should have done that when it was at number six a couple years ago, when it was at 10 or 12 or 20. Uh, that was the time also. Is This is, I guess, as Shaman used, this is a divine time for uh, this thing to happen, but it wouldn't necessarily happen unless we, we really get involved with our local elections. Instead of worrying about uh, how we look, how we dress, what we drive, where we spend our money, how we turn up and all this stuff, and where we kick it at. Um, it's, it's devastating to know that somebody just got shot in the club, uh, two killed, one one that survived, and uh, you know it takes some some type of code that we hold on to that we don't uh, get more involved in our night of having fun. In uh, our community, is turned around. We really could be downtown, safe, having a great time. Owners of clubs, managing clubs, and uh, businesses through our community with wealth. Uh, it's really sad that we have to still endure this without being involved with a local election. Being more uh, mindful of this little code we live by. I mean, it's just being honest. We live by a code that really doesn't serve ourselves well. So uh, we need to really get involved. We, we have to take a good look in the mirror and to ourselves and say it's not it's not everybody else is against us. We, we, we don't need handouts now. We, we need to take control and uh, we, we need to know that we have the power to change national, state, and local elections. Okay. And um, how do you feel um, you can get um, the youth involved as far as um, being more aware of what's going on and paying attention? Because it's not really taught um, in the schools. Mm -hmm. Well, I hope what I'm doing now, what we're doing now, campaigning, we'll bring that up. And that's a that's a long shot. That's a that's a long shot, by, to say the least. We're up against um, all of Peoria. You know, we're we're against those that, not against. I don't, I don't want to say any words that that separates our our uh, cultures when we when it comes to elections, but because we haven't been involved in, involved with these issues, and uh, some communities are totally involved. They see progress in those those districts and those that those communities. Uh, they have more opportunities, but because we're not involved, uh, we see less progress in our communities. And I I really want to bring that awareness and education to our young people. I mean, it's all in your hands. This is your future, Corey Jose. This is your future. Uh, if you decide to stay in Peoria, you want a radio station. If you want to. Uh, do this 10 years from now if, if nobody gets involved if your audience doesn't uh, take things serious they're involved with the same thing they won't be the owners of these businesses that should be on western that we won't have lights around we'll have something else around uh, they won't manage these places they won't have assistant manage, management positions um, we need to swallow our pride uh understand how important this really is. Uh, there is no uh, justice being done by saying, uh, I won't work a minimum wage job uh, for $10 an hour at, at McDonald's. McDonald's is a worldwide company, just like Caterpillar is. McDonald's doesn't lay off their, their employees. Caterpillar has. McDonald's makes billions of dollars too. Caterpillar does, but it's all about whatever, uh, finances. We need to, we need to, our guys and girls need to calm down a little bit 
uh, from the street activity, uh, give each other encouragement. Uh, let's, let's pull together as a community. And that's number one. Uh, we all have moral values. I don't think there's no African American that would walk around and say they don't believe in God uh, for the 90%, 99%. But we have to really hold ourselves accountable, raise our standards and say, you know, you don't have to do such and such to prove yourself to me if it's a girl and it, the same thing with a guy you don't have to do such and such to prove yourself to, to, to hang with me just do what's right because uh, paranoia uh, activities that would uh, that aren't that's really shunned that's against moral values we need to understand we need to live beyond uh, uh, live within our means and then have the aspirations to uh, own our own businesses because it's, it's really easy. It really is easy, but we haven't taken those uh, those paths and, and endured the uh, the pro process in order in order to own our businesses. So people coming over here that own businesses in our community, it was a simple process. It's really simple. We just haven't taken advantage of it. Okay, um, can you um describe um the uh, conversation you had? When, uh, with your loved ones when you let them know that you were uh, going to be running for mayor? Uh, it was a, a pretty tough decision to start off. I almost waited till the last couple of days to, to uh, after I met Shama, as far as concerning this and Ryan, my campaign manager, uh, concerning this decision. I made it at the NAACP gala. And I was talking to a couple of young ladies, uh, Jessica Thomas and, and uh, Karen Wilson, about it. And they mentioned that everybody's running for council, but nobody's running against the mayor. And I said I would do it. Uh, the ball started rolling. Uh, they contacted uh, Shama and Ryan. And uh, they took the challenge on being a, a grassroots campaign uh, going forward. And then I started once they put the mannequin challenge out there, it was pretty much out in the open. So I would tell my sister, uh, Clevia, and my brother Cleveland, and Josh uh, Williams, and uh, I told my mom and dad at the last moment. Uh, and that was my mom was a little bit more reluctant at the time, but my dad was, I want to say, pretty pretty much for the first time, all in for it. He was uh, really encouraging. Uh, and I, I just, I just was okay with that then, and I just kept going forward. And now we're moving. To, we're here now. We're past the primary. Uh, it was a tough decision. Uh, I know it took a lot of people by surprise, but you know you got to have faith. You got to hold on, hold on to hope. You got to make sure that you know that your foundation is not about me. It's not about my family. It's you got to seek the opportunity in the window that God presents. And uh, not be afraid to keep walking forward, no matter how the odds are. So, I would say the the most encouraging was when my dad was uh, all yes. You know, he was keep going, keep going, and that was most encouraging to me. Okay, um, what are some of the um, obstacles that you have faced um, so far during this election process, or um, is there anything that you weren't um, unaware of um, that you're aware of now that goes into the process? Uh, the whole process uh, is politics, which I'm, I'm familiar with, but at the same time, with the disparities and the separation between our cities uh, has really taken my 
my mind to a different level. I see it's more politics than it is a genuine uh, desire for the whole community to, to grow. It is some private interests involved uh, that that financially neglects uh, our our community because no one we're not involved uh, in in our city politics to almost next to none uh, at all. I mean, we got a few people that will stand up and be a voice and get ridiculed for the voice that they put out there uh, in City Hall on behalf of a lot of people. Um, but at the same time, I kind of understood that it was going to go there. Uh, and I almost forgot half the, half the question you were saying because of uh, whatever you said, it was... Um, uh, any uh, obstacles that you have faced? The obstacles, the side of it is uh, coming from us. It's coming from African Americans. It's coming from the generation that said we need this, we need this. A lot of talk, a lot of talk, a lot left and right. And when I actually put my name and found out it was me, uh, they know me very well, but then almost said I wouldn't win simply because uh, this is how they said it. Black people don't vote and black people don't give. So those are the, the opposite obstacles I've, I've been facing. And thank God, God is in, in, involved with it, that he put me in connection with the right people that make the most out of uh, pretty much the, the least. And, and he also put us in touch with people that did give and do support. Uh, and then the other one is that our young people, your, your, your age group, my age group, uh, always make this excuse I don't know how that I'm going to win automatically. Uh, their voice votes don't count. Uh, just just don't know anything about that it was an election or primary election on February 28th, and they had early voting. Uh, I'm going door to door with people to people houses, and they sleep. Hey. Do you know it's a primary in two days? You can have you voted yet? Are you registered? I'm registered, registered, but I didn't know it was an election going on. I mean, this is a massive problem. Now, like I said, it was 10% citywide. 47,000 people registered to vote in the city of Peoria. 7,400 voted, uh, roughly around those numbers. If I'm walking around the African American community and that's what I'm hearing. Um, that is uh, so scary. That's that's a barrier. That's not only an obstacle. That's an obstacle course. It's a barrier, a wall that you can't climb. Uh, it is something that's scary, but it's positive if we reach these same young people. Young people can change our whole city. They can change our future if they just said, "I will. I will vote every two years, every four years when city elections come up." This should be the fad, but instead we're, we're focused on what party is going on and tra tragically uh, who just who was just shot or killed um, is the, the talk of our community. But the fact that there's an election and there's a black man actually running this time uh, and has the opportunity to win is not it's not something that's crossing their mind and that that's a major obstacle okay and um 
would you say that the um that people um are aware of it or do you, do you think um people like don't necessarily just don't care about what's going on in the city um besides um maybe possibly going on Facebook making a rant or post here and there but necessarily don't care about any changes that can be made for the city um uh, I think I would have to say really it, it's both but um one of them is the city's fault politics of the city, um, how we are proactive, how leaders of our city are proactive in addressing our community and being transparent to the, the communities that's affected. We're number one in America for African Americans to live, then our city leaders should be proactively addressing these issues and making their faces known in our churches where our governance really is, is in our churches. Uh, two, I, don't, I would say they don't care because uh, we can see the, the, the conditions that we live, live in and the opportunities we don't have and uh, we can see the, the opportunities that's there but we don't take them, uh, the wealth that we have so we can't take uh, advantage of the programs like uh, Pure Promise where we can get uh, young people can graduate and go to college but not having the wealth to, to pay for the tuition and being reimbursed, but then, you know, the other communities that in high schools that take advantage of it and are, have the means to take care, advantage of it. Uh, but we don't care enough because we don't show up and we don't show up at City Hall with uh, some people that does, uh, the few African-American men and women that do uh, show up and speak on behalf. And I, I think everybody knows who Shaman is when it comes to that. But she might stand there alone with a handful of African-Americans or minorities, not even African-Americans, in a room full of uh, Caucasians that are talking on our behalf as well. So this is not a discriminating uh, issue. This is not a biased issue. It's just simply the lack of, of will for our community of all of our generations uh, not taking interest in uh, being a part of the city politics and that's why we're in the condition we are in I mean uh, it's, it's sad it's, it's really bad and everybody should take it uh, as a smack in the face that they are not involved period they're not if you're sitting at home and you're watching news like I was and you're building up a passion privately and you're interested in that that aspect when you hear something like I've heard something, uh, you would jump out in, in the forefront because you, you've had some momentum, you have some interest, vested interest in your private time. But that's not even happening. Nobody was going to run in this mayoral race uh, who, who they were interested and involved, know the politics, they didn't choose to run uh, and have the backgrounds to do it. Uh, and names to do it, but then a private, a regular citizen like you and I, uh, young people, we're not watching it on TV unless it's somebody we knew that's being highlighted. But then when it comes to politics, if it wasn't Obama or Trump, you know, and Hillary, you know, outside of that, they're not really concerned about their local elections. So, it's, okay. it's both, both of them are really at fault. And, um, 
Would you say, because uh, I, I don't, I think I was like 12 when Barack won for the first time. But, you um, president half your life. That's yeah, all. exactly. Um, and look what you're doing with it. Yeah, yeah. My uh, grandma definitely, like, because um, I, I was at her house when he won, she definitely made sure I understood the impact of him winning and how that, what that meant to the community. That's a, that's a real blessing in disguise. So would you say, um, because I've also heard people say um, when Barack won, the um, black community, we were excited, but we kind of like just fell back as far as like he won, so he'll handle everything. We kind of, not necessarily, that was the time when we should have been more active versus now we're active. Or I would say potentially maybe the last two years of his um presidential election uh we were more active along mm-hmm. with the police brutality black lives matter movement um but before that a lot of older people that i've talked to said we were just relaxed and we, we kind of got lazy mm-hmm. um uh, well you hit on some real key points uh it's going to be special young people like yourselves what's your name jordan jordan that's that's taking the initiative to have uh, something going for yourself like this podcast and representing what you're representing today and, and it's going to Obama's uh, presidency is going to have much more effect on you guys than I uh, couldn't say that in my, my generation because it, it has you know has a, a great impact but the problem is that we didn't continue on to the, the next election we were worried about that presidential election but not the Senate and the Congress Congressional elections, you know, it, he dealt with eight years, so he didn't let us down. We let him down because we didn't come back the next year or two when the Senate and the congressional election was going on, just like now. It's a mayoral race every four years, and then there's a, a city council member race every two years. We let him down because we didn't vote the right people in to help his laws go past. And we want to point the finger. We, we want one guy to change the whole nation, that he was a president for all nationalities, all races, and we wanted to make him to be the president of black people and black people only. He couldn't do it. He, he's smart enough to say, hey, and he was strong, brave, courageous enough to tell us that he's not just our president. He has to be the president of uh, the LGBTQ community, uh, African Americans, Mexican Americans, those who want to be Americans, Caucasian Americans, uh, Asian Americans, Indian, every single person, he was that smart to do that. Uh, but we let him down, and that's what we need to consider when we are voting that it's not just about the presidential election, it's, that's going to make a change. He's the, the worldwide face voice, the ultimate uh, power in, in Peoria throughout the, I mean, through, in, in the United States throughout the world. But the Congress helps pass those laws that he of his vision. But if we don't get the right people in there for him that's for his vision, then he's going to face all the opposition that he's faced, and we watched him. We watched him in two times, in two terms. He has not... We didn't learn the first time. We didn't get out to vote. Our young people didn't get out to vote for the congressional part. When we knew how bad he was getting his 
his butt kicked. So the second term he won, we still didn't vote and give him the congressional uh, support that he needed. But we still hold him accountable for policies and all that butt kicking he took on our behalf, so to speak. Our city is doing the same thing. Uh, this mayor has not been challenged uh, legitimately for two terms. He's going for a fourth term, and which is a record of all Peoria. Uh, nobody has it's never been an African American male or woman in the mayoral position in our city. But then we don't have the same city council. These city council members are making the same decisions just on a national level, on a, a, a local level, like they do on the national level. So we have to take all that in, in account on uh, why your vote counts, why your voices count. Uh, just the Black Lives Matter and these movements that we're doing are because of tragic situations. It's not because of positive things. We're not going out here praising because we've done something and things are happening for the benefit of everybody. We're going out because it's injustice, the injustices, uh, tragic situations for families that's been made national. Our city is being in the same tragic situa situations almost every week now. Chicago is daily. And uh, we need to really take a strong look at Illinois uh, to make this a place that we want to feel safe and, and grow in. Okay. And the uh, last question would be, um, how do you feel? Actually, I have two questions. Um, how do you feel about the um, educational funding um, for Peoria Public Schools and uh, things like that? Uh, well, when we have some some tax uh, increment financing that that doesn't that takes from our educational system, our Peoria public schools, and are utilized for the purpose of strengthening those communities that it's taken from, uh, but put into like the warehouse district, Pacifica and Peoria, that does not draw the crowd of District One. So when we uh, or offer jobs in District 1 because the warehouse area downtown uh, where Hooters and uh, Joe's okay. and all that stuff is a part of this uh, District 1. But that's where you see the growth at. That's where you see the new development at. Uh, and the focus of the city is there. But then when you go up the street a little bit more towards Star Street and Western and Griswold and Wiswold and Laramie and all that area, uh, we're seeing nothing. You know what I mean? But we're not active. We're not being proactive in our city government to understand why are we renovating these areas when we have houses, streets, school systems, uh, lack of funding in our, in our public schools, uh, books and street pavement, all everything. But we see millions of dollars poured down in, in a, a very small part uh, and it doesn't Represent new hires for African Americans in District One, uh, District yeah, District One, zip code zip code six one six zero five. These businesses aren't diverse enough. It's not cultural cultural advantage for us. Uh, I don't have a problem with what they're doing. It's great, but we need to have a balance and some fairness with how taxpayer dollars are being spent. And it also leads into our wealth, why unemployment in District 1, 61605, zip code 
is at about 47%. Um, the taxes that come from that, people, this is one of those things that blew my mind as I went through this campaign, is that people kind of think since we're paying so much more into the overall city tax revenue and budget, uh, we should be considered first. Uh, but when there's 47% unemployment for African Americans on, in, in their own district, uh, you, you can kind of weigh that out and, and kind of fill it out yourself on why things aren't being done or changed. Uh, so that's what I'm campaigning on. How are we going to... I'm telling them the solution on how we're going to change that issue. We need to have new development down there, We have, which means more constructed businesses like Dollar General was. They just put that new building there. Mm -hmm. We need that spread down on the south end below the hill uh, so people can have the opportunity to say, yeah, I want to own a business here, own, own a business there. Uh, so we can start creating our own uh, wealth and give the opportunity to our people in that area to have jobs, uh, to create wealth, and hopefully they stay there and build their houses, uh, raise their families, crime drops, more and more and more uh, businesses from African Americans are being open. So that's just a little bit. I know I just went a little, all over the place, but it's, it's a big uh, problem, a very simple solution, but the bigger problem is the co the, the cohesiveness, the the uh, efforts of our our generation, our African Americans, being a community like Hispanics are, like Caucasians are, like Jewish men and women are, and Asians are. We we have to take a little bit uh, from them, and 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 grow ours, but then also coexist with one another too. Exactly. Their business is going to be good for us. Our business is going to be good for us. Let's value one another. Every citizen, every single district being strong and uh, thriving. Okay. And um, the last question would be, um, what uh, are some words of advice you will give um, to uh, someone who's uh, who you have inspired? You know, it could be um, you inspired me for sure, but uh, maybe a, a little kid, a teenager that's into politics that's watching you and learning from what you're doing, and you give them hope. So uh, what's some advice you can give? Uh, I really never considered that uh, at all. Uh, so I really don't have a real re reply. Uh, all okay. I would do is encourage everybody uh, under the sound of this, this podcast or my voice to stay encouraged. Start thinking out of the box. Uh, don't limit yourselves to nothing. No age, no no community that you grew up in, not the household, not your friends. Somebody, we have to, we individually have to make a choice to be different, to do something against odds that we face with. But don't forget where you come from. Stay humble. Keep your hands, all your problems and issues and your future in God's hands. Uh, and, and keep going with it. Uh, failure is not to try. But when you're trying, you're succeeding every single time. Don't stop trying. Uh, it's, it's, it really is a place where you can make the most out of it. But don't 
start shooting for the stars and you want just to, for the glamour issues. Shoot for the stars because you want success and you want to change culture. You want to change your life. You want to change your family. You want to change your neighborhood. You want to change your city. You want to change your net nation for impact on positivity, not from a negative standpoint, meaning uh, something that's bad being called good or what's called good being bad aspect. Do something good that's just good. If it's bad, it's bad. We need to start depicting our, our, uh, our cultures from that. We, we need to separate. If it's bad, it's bad. If it's good, it's, it's good. But bad can't be good. Uh, you can't get an orange from an apple tree. You, you plant that seed, plant your seed now, take it serious. Uh, you don't get support from your family. Put yourself around people that you get support from uh, and just don't stop. Don't forget, always reinvest back into your community, but just don't stop. Okay. And um, can you um, tell everybody where they can um, uh, get in touch with you, uh, follow the campaign, um, also uh, the dates um, for the um, election, you know, uh, the big one. Every, hopefully everybody comes out for this one. Uh, and I'm, I was hoping I would mention April 4th so many times that yeah. it resonates. <laughs> so April 4th, for the first statement I made, April 4th for the second question I answered, mm-hmm. April 4th for the 4th and 5th, uh, and April 4th uh, now. Uh, but today, or tomorrow I believe is the early election, uh, today is uh, March 10th, you can go down to the old, old police station don't be scared. There's no cops in there. <laughs> uh, if you're, you're registered, we drive up that street all the time. It's up the street from Envy in, in the Elks. Uh, you can stop in there. It takes 10 minutes, if that, to cast four, five, six votes, uh, depending on what district you're from. And you can do that from today. I, usually it's between 7 o'clock a.m., to about 5 o'clock p.m. every day up until April 4th. Uh, so it will stop around April 3rd. But vote early. If you don't want to wait to find out where your polling places are in your district neighborhood on April 4th, that's usually when it comes out, you can always go down early and vote uh, from today until April 3rd. But make sure you get your friends and families out there Hold them accountable. Get the people that you don't know and tell the people that you do know to tell people that they don't know that you don't know to get out there and vote early. That's the best uh, solution. Give yourself some time. Okay. And um, I definitely appreciate you uh, for coming. Um, this was a well-needed conversation. I definitely learned a lot. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. And this is uh, the follow-up podcast with uh, Corey Thomas and Kojak. We're out. God bless.